From the hills of central New York and in the heart of the Finger Lakes, this is Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Frank Rust. We thank our sponsors, Dryject and Intelligrow, and new sponsors, Plant Food, Greener Golf, and the Greenkeeper app. We really appreciate your support of these sponsors. My guest today is Angelica Carmen, sustainability specialist at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club in Lamont, Illinois, on the south side of Chicago, where she works for golf course superintendent Chris Flick, a proud Clemson Tiger himself, and directs Fairway Farms, a farm-to-table experience at one of the world's great public golf courses. Cog Hill is located in the village of Lamont, Illinois, on a bluff that overlooks the Des Plaines River Valley. The hills and valleys of Lamont were carved out by the Wisconsin Glacier during the last ice age. The change in elevation between the floor of the valley and the hills of Cog Hill are striking contrast to the plains of Illinois and reminded John, Martin, and Bert Coghill of land around their Indiana birthplace. They bought the land with borrowed money and hired David McIntosh, who owned nearby Oak Hills, to build them a golf course in 1926. By the 1950s, Joe Jemsek and now the Jemsek family own and operate four golf courses, driving range, practice facility, learning center, a restaurant, and now a farm-to-table venture known as Fairway Farms. When we come back, I'll begin my conversation with Angelica Carmen about the journey to create this unique experience at a public golf course. I'd like to take a minute and talk to you about Dryject Services that offers unique soil management tactics not available in a single machine. Science has demonstrated the benefit of water injection cultivation and sand channel injection offers a unique opportunity to break through any restricting layers in your soil profile. It's a flexible and affordable service available throughout the U.S. and used by many of the great golf courses. I've personally seen the value of this practice, and now with the ability to inject non-dried sand at several different depths, it offers even more advantages. Contact your local Dryject service representative or visit dryject.com. Angelica Carmen has a bachelor's degree from Loyola University of Chicago with a major in communications and a minor in environmental sustainability. As we will learn, she's always been passionate about food. How did a local girl from Lamont, Illinois, who worked a bit as a starter in the place at Cog Hill, come to then stumble into what is can only be described as a, a local farm-to-table treasure uh, there in Lamont. So how'd that happen? Sure thing. So like you said, I used to work at Cog Hill a million years ago during high school, college summers, whatever, you name it. Never, ever thought I would be back. And so uh, I graduated from Loyola Chicago with communications degree and environmental sustainability minor. And my personal passion, though, I've always wanted to be a chef since I was in diapers, basically. And so being in Chicago, they hold urban agriculture as such a high value. The market is so saturated, in a sense, in the city limits. I swear to God, every single empty lot and rooftop is now becoming a farm for some facet of that. So when Chris and I like took our first ride out to kind of just tour the area of what the golf course specifically was and different areas we could potentially start building all the infrastructure for, I was taken back by the acreage and all the different types of landscapes that the one facility held. So there's so many things to unpack in that comment that you just made, but let's start with uh, Chris. (laughs) Okay. He calls you, he started a job, he saw you at the starter shed, what happened? 
So I had no idea who he was. <laughs> his name meant nothing to me. I had no idea what his role at the golf course really entailed. And we very, very randomly stars aligned type of opportunity where we ended up meeting at a retirement party for someone that was leaving Coghill. And we like very briefly met very briefly talked and I was more so catching up with all the people I used to work with. Hadn't seen them in like five years asking what I was up to, what I wanted to do with a job, etc. And then about a week later, I'm getting an email from Chris Flick at coghillgolf.com asking uh, if I wanted an interview. And the interview was awesome. I feel like we really just more so brainstormed different ideas that we both had given our two different perspectives of where we're coming from and what we both do at Coghill or did at Coghill. And it felt like we were just meshing already and the priorities were totally the same. It was just a matter of he didn't have time managing four golf courses and doing it in such a merit that he already does that we were able to kind of pull everything that I had done from Loyola and beyond and really start applying those things. So he was smart enough to know that finding a way to bring this sustainability idea into the operation was important. Uh, I'm very interested to see what that job description looked like that he wrote to, to, to get you to do this job because it seems that while he envisioned it in some ways, you've made it part of the fabric. And in addition to being a uh, third party reviewed by Audubon and Monarchs in the Rough, mm -hmm. uh, you're also in the Cook County Farm Bureau. You're putting your basil in the beer right? You're holding events. <laughs> when I think about sustainability in the ways we can measure it, mm -hmm. it's the old fashioned social, environmental, economic, right? Right. So you clearly are connecting to the community and the social aspect. I know Chris is embedding a lot of these sustainability things into the golf course and you're doing it out there. Let's start with one little part of it. How do you look at the farms as being its own sustainable operation from a cropping and you got bees and how do you look at just the soils that you're doing? Because it isn't the same in an urban environment as it might be in a rural environment. Talk a minute about the nuts and bolts of the farm itself uh, and the things you do to try to make it as permaculture oriented as you can. Absolutely. So when we finally settled on the location, it's at a lot called H lot or the hospitality lot. So it was the old parking lot for the overflow during the BMW championship. So that ground was already just a mix of like clay, gravel, sand, and tons and tons and tons of weeds. Plus, in general, kind of where we're situated in Lamont, it's so close to the history of industry of what Lamont was that you don't know what's in that ground. And I was not about to even try to rehab any of that. So it worked out really well coming from Chicago where everything was already above ground and that's what I knew it to be at the start. So we found a really simple, affordable method of just using cinder blocks to build these raised beds up. And then that really gives you kind of a clean slate to start and manipulate whatever you need to build per bed. So were you able to source the soil from Chris? How did, you know, obviously the soil is your foundation. So you're probably building it from mineral matter and compost. And of course, that's right. a big part of what I'm sure you're sustaining there. Was there an operation mm -hmm. you can draw on at Cockhill? Yeah, so we took some from what like Chris would be building just season after season of dumping all the different materials from the golf course. So that was kind of like our lower foundation, if you will. But majority of what our beds are filled with is actually 
from a local, it's called MWRD, the Midwest Water mm -hmm. Reclamation District. And they provide basically free composted biosolids. The texture and composition is mm -hmm. beautiful. It's free of weed seeds. It's heat treated and sanitized. So are you blending it or is it going and you growing in it straight? I usually grow in it straight and then top dress with our own compost. That you're making there locally. That we make. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it inevitably just kind of keeps getting layered and mixed in. Excellent. Okay. What about the cropping system? You know, you said you had an interest in being a chef. Everybody is challenged. The food business is definitely challenged these days. We, the, it's a whole nother conversation talking about the food system. We yep. don't have enough time in our lives to have <laughs> that conversation. But let's stay to the connection you built mm -hmm. between Fairway Farms and the kitchen. I was there when you were first trying to throw the hook in the water to see if the chef was going <laughs> to take it. Uh, I'm assuming he did yep. as well as other members of the community. So oh, yeah. how has that connection, how does that drive your cropping system? Let's start there sure so what we initially started with well, what we absolutely had to start with was what do we already produce what and our food output at cog hill is so insanely large just because of the outings we have all of the special events i swear we have an outing of like 500 people every single day in the season plus then add in those weddings and those banquets so basically they took anything and everything that we could produce and that just started with looking at their menus and pulling from there and then making sure that, okay, if you're going to have tomatoes on that dish, let's make them aesthetically pleasing and the best flavor and nutritional component that we can. So you were able to connect with the chefs and say, hey, I can grow you things that taste good. And I'm sure they said to you what the restaurant said to my wife and our pork business yeah, I need a pig a week. Or yeah, I need <laughs> two tons of tomatoes a month, right? So how do you work mm -hmm. out the scale, right? Because people listening to this good thing might want to do something like this. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you determine how to scale up? And obviously the staffing issues, you know, it's you and, and a bunch of well-intentioned people to start, I'm sure. Did you just say, hey, we can grow them more potatoes or we can grow them more herbs? How did you decide how to scale up when you knew what they needed and you could do it well. Yeah. So what made it easy was we're getting basically rid of any sort of crop that's a one-off. So the one harvest and it's done. Most of what the farm is all about, I try and cram in as much of the abundantly, consistently producing crops that we can. So we have so many tomatoes and I also incorporate vertical growing within each of those beds. So we really are just maximizing out on that space. So not a lot of root vegetables? We do, but the thing is with root vegetables versus like growing broccoli or something like that, it requires so much less space and inputs to make them good that you can throw them in anywhere that you have space and it works well. So you're intercropping. Yes. And uh -huh. in addition, you got bees. They're quite a bit of a star these days. Oh, yes. How, how has the honey production been? And uh, isn't that just glorious having the bees around? Oh, that's my favorite part of the whole gig. If I could just beekeep 100% of the time, I would be so happy. <laughs> but um, no, so my, when you were there, you saw the two hives that we had. And honestly, at that point, we wanted to add an expansion to the farm side, which we ended up doing. And just incorporating more of our off-course programs, I didn't have enough time to reasonably and responsibly continue beekeeping right. myself and teach it to our um, crew members at the same time. So with that, this past year, we actually brought on my mentor beekeeper who's like sort of retired and it's a perfect, perfect partnership. I like, I wish every golf course could do it and they really could. 
a would-be chef, real-life farmer, and budding apiculturalist, beekeeper that is, Angelica Carmen brings so much positive energy, connecting golfers to food and the farm. We'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Angelica in a minute. I'm Frank Rossi, and this is Frankly Speaking. I'd like to chat with you about the Plant Food Company, a liquid fertilizer manufacturer from Cranberry, New Jersey, our newest sponsor and an old friend. Plant Food is a solid third-generation family-owned business that's been focused on plant nutrition since its inception in 1946, when the company was founded by Edward Platts. I became familiar with Plant Food in the late 1990s when our research at the Bethpage State Park was initiated and Plant Food immediately stepped up to support our efforts to reduce our pesticide use. We found their products to be cost-effective solutions to the nutrient management needs we established in our research. And I found this also to be true for other research programs, such as Rutgers University's anthracnose trials, where the plant food nutrient programs have always performed equally to most fungicide formulations. These guys think differently. They approach everything from a plant health perspective, and it works. Don't take my word for it. Contact your local plant food rep and get more information. Let's get back to my conversation with Angelica Carmen of Coghill Golf and Country Club. I started by asking her about staffing the farm and is the farm bringing people to golf? How do you staff an operation? It seems like you've said twice. Number one, Chris had a good idea, but he knew he couldn't do it well, so he was going to get help. Uh, two, you knew you need to be a better keeper, so you, so you went and got good help. And what does the staffing uh -huh. situation look like? Usually it will be myself and then I'll have roughly two to three people as crew members full time. This year, just with all of the insane madness that has taken place, staffing's a lot shorter, which is to be expected. So you're using golf course staff? Uh well I hire on as my own like farm crew. You do? But we're all technically umbrellaed under like grounds department. It's just basically think of me as another course superintendent and those three are my like crew members. So we can't go any further without talking about the gem sex, because obviously this kind of a thing costs money to get going. Right. All well intention, Ange, but you ain't filling the pockets. Money. It's the golfers, right? Still. So yep. big kudos to them. Oh, A lifetime of support, not just to the golf course, but the land and the place is connected to the mm -hmm. father who did the original purchase. So there's so much rich history there. Why don't you talk for a little bit what it's been like working for the GEMSEC? It's been fantastic. I mean, I would not be here without them giving us the green light. And it's just, I really love the family aspect, the close aspect of just what working under the Coghill name feels like. It's so family oriented. Anywhere you go, you're all a part of it. You know, here's the thing that fascinates me, especially your involvement in the Farm Bureau and the farm to table dinners. And, you know, you know how to communicate. You're doing it effectively well, I think. And Thank you. I've learned from a lifetime of trying to change people's behavior that the better the communicator you can be, the more likely you're going to be, right? So here I see you having all these social community events, you know, flavor and beer and things like that. Mm -hmm. Is there any idea that that might be bringing people into golf? I mean, I know they're connecting to you, but do they look at Cog Hill differently because of you? I a would hope so. <laughs> That's the whole goal here, right? But I love that you brought that up because what we did last summer, that was the entire intention, at least on my end of our farm to table dinner last summer. We hosted it where we were sitting on this giant banquet table 
perched up on a hill overlooking one of our most like beautiful holes on Dubstra, the championship course, with the BMW championship pavilion right behind us. So you had the whole novelty of that. People who aren't golfers got to go out on the golf course and see like the majesty of it. And it was at sunset. It was incredible. I saw the pictures. It was spect- It's just spectacular. Yeah, so I'm a huge, huge believer that actionable change can't come without like inspired experiences that people have themselves. So I could talk at you for hours. Mm-hmm. You know this. Mm-hmm. You get it. It's never no. going to happen until I give you something that you can tangibly experience and then go, huh, maybe there is something here. And so is being involved in the Farm Bureau, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is to help superintendents who listen to this put together a plan, if this sounds remotely interesting to them, mm-hmm. how do you go about putting together a plan that leads you to the point where it's leading people to your main business or that you're becoming a sustainable business on your own? How has the involvement in the Farm Bureau helped with that? Oh, it's been incredible. So it's actually led to me being on one of their boards as well, three, four years in. But with that, we get to play off so many different events that they have that bring people to the golf course consistently throughout the season. A lot of those people come to the dinners, they'll come for tours. And the Farm Bureau, anywhere across the country, they do such an amazing job at advocacy for their members. So we would be considered a member. Actually, before Fairway Farms even was created, Cog Hill was a member of the Cook County Farm Bureau just because they had so much ag land under their name that they kind of were part of it already. So let's take a minute and let our minds wander a bit. I've often thought and had students who have worked on golf courses come back and tell me, you know, Frank, after they get the golf course set up in the morning, not saying you're overstaffed, and certainly we don't think we're going to be necessarily overstaffed after the pandemic, but for sure, there seems to be ways to use more land on the golf course that if you had a reasonable food service operation, you could integrate animals and cropping systems in small plots. And again, there's three golf courses at Cog Hill? Four. Four golf courses at Cog Hill, a huge driving range, mm-hmm. uh, great big staging area, big parking lot, a lot of land. How many acres total? Oh, they're 1,000 maintained, 1,600 total. That's It's mind-boggling to think, you know, I know in the Golf uh, United podcast you were on, they, you know, the sky is the limit there, but from a planning perspective, how do you imagine a practical scaling of, of what you're doing there uh, at Cog Hill? I mean, you're not going to keep doubling people every year for the next five years. What do you think is a scalable goal for you uh, over the next couple of years? Are you saying physically for the farm? Well, physically and even aspirationally, because so much of urban farming is is connecting people to the land. That's a, that's a good question to ask me back, because there's two parts to it. One is... You really have to say, you know, what is this? Is it just connecting people to the land and being out there and present? Or is it really to maybe uh, getting some food production done uh, on this land that can help people in times like this when, when things are really tricky? So let's take the first part of urban agriculture, which looks more like connecting people mm-hmm. than necessarily meeting caloric demands. Absolutely. And I think that's our biggest priority yet. The whole initiative of even just bringing me on and creating this role, I see it as like the perfect um, hands-on learning tool that people can come to and say, okay, wow, I always had an interest in this or always had this question, but to see you do it this way makes perfect sense. And when you see those light bulbs go off, it's the best day I've had yet. 
to me, it describes as a real experience where you're going to grow things and try to make things work. But as far as expanding the land, you want to do what you're doing better rather than do more and bigger. Right. Exactly. Really hone in on the details and squeeze everything that we can out of what we have. And I think we're just about to that point where it's a very well-oiled operation, willing we have the right amount of people to run it. And I think the next vision with this farm is just really increasing the educational and like outreach components of it. That's getting into the community physically like we do with the different beers and partnering with restaurants and bringing those restaurants in to do the dinners and being a part of maybe somehow with the long drive contest where people can see us and learn about what we're doing or they're coming back to check it out. And we'll be right back with Angelica Carmen. I'm Frank Rossi. This is Frankie Speaking. I'm here to chat with you about a product I've been personally involved with in research and education for over 15 years, Civitas Turf Defense from IntelliGrow. Many of you know I'm not one to feign praise on a product without data. Civitas Turf Defense has performed successfully in hundreds of research trials. Civitas combines two compounds with demonstrated ability to activate plant defenses. They assist with the control of insects and diseases as well as increases in stress tolerance. Well, it sounds too good to be true, but the science and experience is solid in support of the programmatic use of Civitas, an OMRI-listed product that leads to reduction in pesticide, nutrient, and water use. A recent ban on pesticide use in Cape Cod led course managers to seek solutions with Civitas. Its use led to high-quality playing conditions with an 80% reduction in environmental risk. Learn more about Civitas turf defense available from a variety of distributors throughout the U.S. and Canada in pre-mixed and ready-to-mix formulations. Or visit CivitasTurfDefense.com. Cog Hill Golf and Country Club is one of the U.S.'s great golf treasures. Home to many professional tournaments and over 1,200 golfers a day employing over 400 people at peak season and a staunch supporter of local business. Fairway Farms and Angelica Carmen represent a progressive movement in golf. As I wrap up my chat with Angelica, I asked her about growing food for taste and connecting people to the land. We have the luxury and you have the knowledge and the ability to actually grow things that taste good. You know, it seems sometimes, I spent a lot of time with my pal Mike Mazurik here at Cornell University, one of the founders of Row 7 Seeds, and he taught, when he first came awesome. on the faculty, was teaching in my Introduction to Horticulture class, and the first thing that came out of his mouth, he was an assistant professor, barely knew which end was up, he goes, I'm going to breed food that tastes good. I'm tired of eating food that doesn't taste good. Eating peppers because 72 can fit in this size box and right. be cold chilled in the field. So... When you connect with people around eating the food you produce, uh, that's got to be an enormously rewarding experience. Is it also something you see that almost has the buzz and feeling like golf? You know, people like golf because you can hit a good shot, mm -hmm. even if you suck at it. Right. You can be out there, you get one good shot, you want to go back. It seems to me that getting a tomato to taste good is something that must resonate. Do you get feedback about the food you're producing from a taste, what you're trying to target? 
often, uh, especially if I take a quick walk through like the dining room on the mid afternoon and I'll hear a bunch of different people aside from just listening to like the wait staff talking about the program, I'll hear random, um, diners be like, Oh my God, this is the best carrot I've ever had. Where did this come from? How is this real? <laughs> so, so is it written in the menu? Have you gotten some of the sort of backgrounds of your crops and the knowledge of it written into the menu so they can see it when they're ordering it? Or is it transparent to them? Um, it's more so word of mouth from the wait staff as soon as they get seated. And then, um, we have different like advertising models within the clubhouse as well. Right. Cause I can't imagine someone like you smart enough to get something on the menu. So people are reading it. Cause I can tell you as a farmer myself, when the local restaurant puts on that, the pork is produced at our farm. We get inquiries, not that we're going to sell these people pigs, no. but again, it seems to me what I really think is important for us moving forward, and I'm sure you do, we better connect with the land a little bit more. Do you see that as one of your important roles here? Absolutely. And getting people to recognize those things. I always say to my staff too, if we can get people to even just take away half of one of our points of things that we hold as real quality here, we did our jobs for the day. That's the most important aspect of what we can try and do. And I know from chatting with you that you set high quality standards. So listen, good luck with the long drive contest. I Thank hope you. that goes well for Chris and the operation and you and the farm. And I'll be waiting for that ticket to the farm to table dinner. Absolutely. You got it. It was great talking with you, Frank. All right. Good to see you. Thanks a lot, Angelica. Appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Angelica Carmen, sustainability specialist at Coghill Golf and Country Club in Lamont, Illinois, on the south side of Chicago, where she works with golf course superintendent Chris Flick, a proud Clemson Tiger himself, I might add, and directs Fairway Farms, a farm-to-table experience at one of the world's great public golf courses. Angelica has a bachelor's degree from Loyola University of Chicago with a major in communications and a minor in environmental sustainability. Frankly Speaking is brought to you by our friends at Dryject, the only machine that aerates top dresses and amends in one pass, Plant Food Company, Greener Golf, Greenkeeper App, and Intelligro, makers of Civitas, a fungicide that's so much more. Frankly Speaking is recorded and produced in my basement these days, but normally at Rep Studios in downtown Ithaca by Nate Richardson. Big thanks to marketing and business management, John Kiger, and executive producer, Peter McCormick. I'm Frank Rossi. Thank you for joining me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.